You're listening to the Direction for Life podcast. We pray this episode blesses you. We'd love to connect with you. Visit us at rdci.info or on Facebook at Right Direction Church International. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the RDCI. We hope you enjoy this broadcast. Have you ever celebrated God for who he is? I know there's a lot of stuff we want to do. They're still sitting down, but if I started naming some stuff he could do, we would, st- but let's touch who he is. Is the stars and the universe and your lungs and your breathing capacity, is that still enough for praise and your mind being regulated and your sleep being sweet and you're still able to move on your feet? I know we want stuff, college students, we want God to do, but the way he blessed you to sing a voice, is it, I'm gonna give you some time to celebrate who he is. I'm gonna give you some time. I'm gonna give you some time, I'm gonna give you some time. I'm gonna give you some time, I'm gonna give you some time, I'm gonna give you some time. Start thinking about who he is, start thinking about who he is. Not what you want done right now, not what we need fixed right now, not what we need healed right now. Who he is, 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 who he is to you, who he is. Come on, intercessors. You should still be praising. You show up weekly for who he is, not because we need nothing done. Ain't nobody in this church when you pray for who he is. Who he is, he is majestic. Who he is, he is timeless. Who he is, he is precious. Who he is, he is beautiful. Who he is, he is loving. Who he is, he is kind. Still giving God a praise for his character. May not see all the qualities, but I still praise him for his character. Come on, Elaine. Praise him for who he is. He's a healer. Still waiting on mine, but he's a healer. Who he is. Who he is. Who he is. Still enough for me. Still more than enough for me. Still a way maker, miracle worker. Come on, light in the darkness. Still empowering me to put one foot in front of the next. Keeping my soul together when life tries to tear me up. Who you are, God? I'm still not done thinking about who you are. Got a lot of stuff on my list, but I'll rip it up any day for who he is. That's what Bishop Scotland Bailey still has a revelation of. Uncle Scotty has a revelation of who he is. Take your seats and say, God is developing me. Holding places, holding places. Holding places. And like Joseph, David, and Abraham, God is developing you in your holding place. I know we have some stuff on our list, but in that inconvenience, you get to know who he is, not what he does. In that challenge, you get to know who he is, not what he can bring to the table. Some of us are in a holding place, so stop looking for money when God's moving. You have to hold on to the principles of the Lord until they fully take root. Rooty people are not allowed to get quick results like fruity people. You're not. You are the matriarch and the patriarch of your family. You're the first to get the whole family out of a lifestyle. So it's going to take some time 
for the roots to get in the bloodline. So stop looking for quick results when you're called to change your entire family. You're not second, you're first. God is establishing you. So he's taking you the long route, getting some discipline in your mind so that you're firm on him. So you'll be able to say stuff like my mind stayed on the Lord. They don't come from nobody who got quick results. When your mind stayed on the Lord, it comes from somebody who's been out of the will of God, in the will of God, out of the will of God, in the will of God, but God's so good, God's so good, God's so good. And you gotta learn how to be faithful. During the mixes up, during the mix-ups of life, we gotta learn how to be faithful. I can say it this way for him, Bishop. The resources of a distribution center move a lot slower than the resources of the shelves of stores. See, you're upset because God won't put you on the shelf, but you're really a distribution item. God does not let you move until the order has been granted. So you feel like you're waiting and why is it taking so long? And when's it gonna be my turn? Baby girl, you a whole distribution item. You want to be on the shelves where prices are marked up high? God has you in the back. He keeps the good stuff in the back. He keeps the good stuff in the back. The stuff that have high value are in high places. You better rise up and be who you are. Lord, help me, Jesus. I ain't trying to scream at y'all too much. You got to hear me. Resources found in a distribution center move a lot slower than the resources found on the shelves of stores. Because it's specific, it's detailed, there's an order, there's things in motion, there's negotiations, how much, when, what time, the drop off, the shipment, the day, the order. It's not as a spontaneous of a purchase, you're precious. The distribution, the items at the distribution center have an intended place and an intended season. That's why Target has their Christmas lights up first. It's intentional. But them Christmas lights were waiting in the back for a while until the season checks out. It wasn't that the store wasn't ready for the Christmas lights. The season wasn't ready for the Christmas lights. You blaming the wrong thing. So you think it's taking long. God's like, no, nah, they taking long. I got you ready. Woo! I, I'm getting you ready. I got, I'm waiting for the climate to need your gift. I'm waiting for this season to need what you bring to the table. When you're in a distribution center, things don't move until there are orders. Psalms 37 and 23, not, let me not give you motivation, let me give you scripture. Psalms 37 and 23, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Someone look to your left or right and say, God has my life planned out, my timing planned out, and my season planned out. If I can get all three adjutants, follow behind me real quick, because I want to give you a visual uh, expression of this. Psalms 37 and 23 says, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, and he delights in his way. And so I used to see the scripture like this. Y'all can follow me around. I used to see the scripture like this. Hey, come here, follow me. Hey, we're going to go right. Let's go right. Hey, we're going to go left. Let's go left. Hey, let's go over here real quick. I don't know how they got on the floor. We probably should clean it up after service. We're going to go this way. We're gonna go this way. I used to think that's what I, I thought that's what it meant. And that, that's some good preaching and that's some good uh, example. But this is what the scripture means to me. It says the steps of the Lord directs the steps of the godly. Thank y'all too. I'll just use Chris right now. And so that means God, you're wondering where God's at in your life. Someone say, hold up. You wonder where God at is in your life. 
God's saying, all right, Chris, hey, bro, I need you. we're going to go over here. All right, we're going over there. Stop, stop, Chris, stop, stop. We're going to go over here now. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. They ain't ready for you yet. Stay over here. Pause. They're going to think you're acting brand new, but I'm dealing with their hearts. I'll tell you we can go through that door. Don't go through that door yet. Okay, now they're ready for my son. Walk through the door. Stop, stop, stop. They want you to focus on them. I need you to focus on me and give me the glory. Because it's not about you. They think you're dope because you're, you're in time. You're in sync. It's your season. It is your season. I am using you. But make sure you shift the glory back to me. Come on, start praising me. Thank you, Chris. That's what it means to me when the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. It's not that you're just following God. God's hanging out with you, telling you which way you should go. So you feel like it's a hole up. You feel like it's a halt. You're in a holding place. You feel like you can't move like everybody else can't move. It's just because God's walking with you and talking with you and hanging out with you and telling you which room to go into and which email to send and how not to send. And is that still enough for anybody in here? Is it still enough to move at the speed of the Lord? Or do we want it faster because it looks like the world gets it faster? Is God's voice, is the leading of God's voice still enough? Is it still precious to us? See, you think you're out of the will of God because you're in a pit. You think you're out of the will of God because your brothers and people who are supposed to be next to you threw you in a pit. So now you're pitiful, full of pity. Talk about so many times how this person did you wrong, what this could have been done, how that could have been done. And we spend our time on the phone talking about how people treated us wrong. That's how you know you're in a pit. But the pit is strategic. It's designed to align you with the promises of God and your prison. Your prison is the place where God strategically develops you and holds you so people who, would not, who are not looking for you find you to confirm that you got it, whether you're in a high place or a low place, but girl, you got it. <laughs> I feel like praising. When, have, when God confirms that you got what it takes, you have what it takes, despite you having the right resources or not, when God confirms that you are the one God picked, despite them positioning you and you or not, when you get, when, that's, a different, that's a different level. But you won't get there until my second point. You must learn the art of getting up. The righteous man, according to Proverbs 24, 16, it says, the righteous man falls seven times. And righteous man? Not the backslidden man. The righteous man falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. Life has its pitfalls. Not everything is sin or self-sabotage. Sometimes you don't, you didn't do anything, but we're in a fallen world. God will hold you so you can experience the joy of seeing yourself take a hit and get up. So my son Hero right now, who's hanging out over there, if I said, buddy, come here real quick. Hope he doesn't come. Come up to the steps. Hope he doesn't come. It'll distract the whole sermon. It'll mess up everything. And let's say he trips up the steps. Mama may, Lady A may, Mama may try to grab him if he's just at the steps. If I, know he's, if I know he's okay, I'm going to allow him to fall and stay there. So he can recognize he can get up. Oh, my God. Some of y'all are upset at God. 
because he won't pick you up every time you fall. He's trying to get you learn. Ah, he's trying to get you to learn how to be righteous. He's trying to get you to get up seven times. And then you're like, well, God, why are you leaving? God's like, get your behind up out of that situation. You don't need a miracle like you did two years ago. You used to get up, stick your chest up, take a hit on the chin, admit the situation, own up to it, and move on with your life. I'm going to pause for that person to give God praise like they should be praising right now. The righteous man falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked... When they fall, oh, see, I, I, I got it. You wasn't praising the way you should be praising. See, if the wicked went through what you went through, they would be done. The wicked would be fall. They could not get up from it. But do you see how you were able to get yourself together? Do you see how you were able to still get up out of that situation? You know good and well that was not you that helped you get up out with that strategy. God started speaking to you, showing you details, who to talk to, pointing out how to help you. And somehow, way, you had no help. God, for some of us in here, because I'm praising for this, God just gave you a personality that was likable. And you were like Joseph. You were in a prison in a condition where usually shame follows the men and women who end up in prison. But favor followed Joseph. If you know anybody who in your family or bloodline on this family Sunday who's incarcerated, I dare you to start praying for favor for them in the prison right now. Come on, pray for favor right now. They don't have to be in shame. They might be serving time. God can give them favor inside that juvenile center, inside that situation. God can give them favor. Oh, God, there's no gate that can keep you out of favor. Sometimes you didn't do anything. You're just in a fallen world. Sometimes you're not hurt. I looked at my three-year-old son as he moves around in life. Now he laughs at us because he knows he's not hurt, but he'll play around sometimes with us. And I recognize sometimes he's not hurt. It's just the shock of the fall. Oh, my God, I can't believe. You okay, buddy? I'm okay. But if I merely help him too quick, often I'll have him scared to fall. Sometimes God is not helping us because he wants you to mentally grow up because in order for you to be the leader and the person in your family and in the sector or industry you're called to be, you're going to have to be grown enough to take risks. But if God's always helping you when you're having a pity party, you won't know how to throw a promise celebrations because promises come by way of those in position and in alignment to take risk. And those who take risks are not scared of the shock of the fall. It wasn't the fall that hurt you. It was the shock. Proverbs 24, 16. New Living Translation. The godly man trips seven times, but they will get up again. It is godly to get up. The devil tries to make you lay down and stay in something. Listen, the most godly thing you can do is get up. They want you to stay down and feel a blow and go through. Listen, don't you allow nobody. Ah, Don't stop allowing people to sentence you in something that God has favored you in. If God wants you to go through a sentence, he'll make sure you go through a sentence. Stop allowing the mindsets of others. God is holding us, some, holding us up so that we can get out of people's prison in their mind. What are people's prison? People will have you inside a boundary or a box in their own mind because they know your testimony, they know your story, they know your past. So they're like, mm, he can do this, he can do that, she can do this, she can do that. But God can't do this with them because they used to do that. And if you hang out in that area of perspective of, of by way of how they think about you, you remain in their prison. The most righteous thing you can do, the most godly thing you can do is get up. 
The message translation says it this way, so you can really know what you're walking in. Don't interfere with good people's lives. Don't try to get the best of them. No matter how many times you trip them up, God-loyal people don't stay down long. You're supposed to hit the floor quick, but get up. You might hit a low financial season, but you're going to get up quick. You know who you are. God's going to give it to you in a dream. God's going to show you a vision. But for some of us who have become disciplined, like me, in how God holds us up and halts us and puts us in these spaces and places that I call holding places, the voice of the Lord, the word of the Lord today is don't get too comfortable with your process too much. I know we know that there's a process before the promise. It's a phrase that we use. It's a jargon. But here's what God told me to say to somebody, and maybe somebody online needs to know this. Once you learn your lesson, not every lesson is because you did something bad. Some lessons you must learn because God is about to do something good. Say this with me. God is about to do something good. Say it three times. Are you ready yet? God is about to do something good. Are you ready? Your spirit man should be uh, foaming like a kid at a cookie jar. Say it with me. God. Look to someone to the right and say it like it's a secret and be jiggly with it. God's about to do something good. The reason why many of us went through lessons that life did not just give us, but God allowed us to go through it in life, is because God was getting many of us prophetically ready for the promises of God. See, Joseph, you didn't deserve to be thrown in the pit. Abraham, you didn't deserve to really wait that long. You didn't have to give birth to Isaac in your old age, but God wanted you to give birth to Isaac in your old age so that you and Sarah can start a whole nation based upon the phenomenalness of God. God, it's not that, David, you had to wait to join the king. I wanted you to serve them. I wanted the man to smell the oil under his nose. The person you picked is playing the violin in your house. The person God's hands on is not you in the seat. I would have saw the seat, but the seat does not make him powerful. The anointing does. I wanted Saul to see, David, I could have threw you up there real fast, but I need the one that I didn't pick no more. Look at you, serve him better than he could serve himself. It's confirmed in Scripture that Saul says, man, you're a better man than me. Because he was sleeping and David had the chance to kill him, so he cuts a piece of his clothing off. Saul finds out about it later on in the text, and he finds David and says, you're better than me. That confirms the Scripture that Samuel said that God has selected a man that's better So it had to come out of so many people until it comes out their own mouth. God's so good at doing what he does. He'll have the person who doesn't support you verbally support you before you get in. You want to talk about politics, politics? Jehovah. Jehovah has a way of scooting things in, scooting things out. Scripture says he's the one that puts one man up, sits one woman down, sits one man or woman down. You, we have to start trusting in the places of our life where God holds us up. Say this, are you prophetically ready for the promises of God? Sometimes you have to hold until we are no longer comfortable. God has you in a wilderness until you get sick and tired of the wilderness. 
God has you on a job until you get tired, tired of that environment on that job. I'm tired. For those who are on the ground know what I'm talking about. Ha ha, Davis. I'm tired. And some of us are so used to putting off the things of God because of the comfort of our disobedience. The reason why we're not obeying, because we know if we obey, it will become uncomfortable. So we stay in a season in the wilderness where God provides manna and quail because I'm actually comfortable in that which place that's uncomfortable. So God will hold you. He has held generations. He has held people. Listen, he told Esther, Mordecai said, this thing's going to happen. It's part of the divine timing of the Lord, Esther. You can either participate or move out the way. This thing's going to happen. God will raise somebody else up to deliver his people. This thing is part of God's divine timing. His people are not supposed to end here under this conquest. So, Esther, you can either get with the program and get in alignment, or you can stay out of alignment, be a queen, but I will raise somebody else up while you queen to handle the situation. Less is more until God gives you the right stuff. So you're in a test, you're in a test, you're in a test to make sure that the next is his next not theirs and not yours. David, hold up. You can't wear that into battle. I'm going to prove to you if you're being, I'm going to show you for those of us who feel like God's been, has you in a hold or hold or you feel like you're in a holding place, I'm going to show you briefly as we get ready to close indicators that help you understand and discern when God's hand is on you when his hand is off of that. Because many of us think when his hand's off of that, his hand's still not on you. Sometimes his hand's on you, but his hand's not on that. 1 Samuel 17, 38. I'm going to show you what God's hand wasn't on. God's hand was on David, but it wasn't on Saul. So Saul, 1 Samuel 17, 38. So Saul clothed clothed David. Yeah, thank y'all for getting the right translation. I want them to get it. So Saul clothed David with his armor. I feel like praising already. And he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened Saul's sword and Saul's armor and tried to walk in Saul's stuff. For he not not tested him. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested him. Translation, God has not tested me in it. I can't bring someone else's cheat sheet into my promise season. Look to your neighbor to the left and right and say, you can't wear that. Can't wear that. I know you got a PhD, but you can't wear that with this, with this mandate. This exploit don't care about your master's degree or your PhD. You better wear some intercession. You better wear some praise for this battle. They don't care about my shoes, my Jordans, my so I don't care about your curly gel hair and your golden child. They don't care about none of that. You better wear. David had the bonus not to wear another man's armor into a season of God's promise. You can't wear that. Scripture says we're a holy nation, a royal priesthood, we're a peculiar people. Here's what God is saying to you. Take your process with you. You cannot take a promise with potential. Promises come by way of processes. You cannot take a promise with potential. 
promises come by way of process. Well, I could potentially use Saul's armor and kill David. Nope. See, the armor could work, but it wasn't your process. The slingshot was. The slingshot, David, the abandonment, David, and you being forgot about and looked over is what's going to defeat Goliath, not Saul's armor. Forgive them, but remember. Because if I, if I forget, I won't bring my slingshot. I got to forgive you, but I have to remember. Lord, help me learn how to forgive, but remember. Because if I forget... I won't use what God was using to show me I was special. I will pick up something else that somebody else used as a recommendation when the entire time, that's why Bishop tells us all the time, y'all be getting sick of my stories, but God has me sharing my stories. Why? Because his stories is what makes him special. Some of us, you allow money to forget your story. You allowed your recovery to forget your sickness. And the devil's not scared of what comes next. He's scared of the previous faithfulness that got you out of your last. Oh, he's scared of your prayer life. He's scared of your protocol because he knows you can get to your promise. Judges 7, 1 through 8. And the Lord said to David, the people who are with you are too many. Look to somebody and say, too much, 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 the number who lapped, put, he stripped them down to a, to, to, from 20,000 to 10,000. Then he stripped them down again in verse 6. The number of those who lapped, putting their hands to their mouth, was 300 men. He said, ah, hmm, that's the God number. 20,000 20, men is life's number. You can win with 20,000. Hmm. 10,000, they might think, well, because you had good warriors, even though it's not enough for the battle against the Midianites. But 300, ah, oh, that's my number. May not be the number you want me to use you with. See, I'm praising by myself. I hope they help me explain it. I'm just going to praise God. This will be my worst sermon that I praise God for myself for. But those who have prophetic ears can hear me. I know you prefer 20,000 helpers, maybe 10,000 helpers. God said, no, 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 no. I'm going to do it. 300 is my number. So the number who lapped, putting their hands on their mouth was 300 men, but all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink. Then the Lord said to Gideon, by the 300 men who lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites in your hands. See, this is twofold. I told you. This wasn't just about saving God's people. God's also trying to save you. And some of y'all, I know you're the biggest giver and you love being a support and help, but when are you going to start looking at yourself and say, I'm more special than I think I am. God wants to use me for others, but me being used for others also protects me. We say it this way in our leadership culture, the safest place you can be is in the will of God. He was safer with 300 soldiers than he was with 20,000. Because the safest place is based upon what God said, not what you need. If you 
love our podcast and the impartation you gain from it, we encourage you to become an iChurch member. As an iChurch member, you'll get access to exclusive digital content, as well as an online community and various small group sessions. To find out more, visit rdci.info forward slash iChurch. Connect with us for digital impartation weekly. Join Bishop Herbert and Dr. Marsha Bailey on Clubhouse for marriage, faith, and family inside Kingdom Business Network on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash rdcitv. We stream live services on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as Wednesday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies, join us for Manifest on Fridays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time.